0: y'all welcome back to kentucky fried wargaming where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance i'm joe and i'm john in this episode of the podcast we wanted to piggyback on something we talked about last episode um, see, John and I, for a little while now, have been in a bit of a, we'll call it a hobby slump, did an episode on that, um, but we also noted that there are, I don't know, there are a couple of ways that you can deal with a feeling that kind of creeps over you after you've been doing too many projects for too long, and your brain just doesn't want to do it anymore. And that's hobby load um it's we'll get into it in a minute but it's something that i think all of us feel at some point or another because by nature of doing the hobby there will be some sort of mental load on your brain even if you're john who hops projects every day yes and well normally it's a fine amount of weight to carry around mentally sometimes it's just a little too much so we thought we'd take an episode to kind of discuss how we deal with it, um, like we mentioned on the last episode, and how we might recommend you be, can be able to handle yours as well. But first, Hobby Time, games played. All right, John, uh, what you been up to?
1: Well, um, I have been in eye so, I've had a lot of time to hobby, and I've spent most of that time painting dinosaurs. Insert Jurassic Park theme song. Yes, because I am, like, 12. Uh, so, it's been, it's been, painting big dinosaurs a lot easier than painting small dinosaurs.
0: Mm-hmm. Particularly
1: we you don't feel great. So, I painted a big carnosaur top to bottom. And I painted a Bastilodon, top to bottom. And a working on a star priest right now, a skink star priest. That that's tiny feller. It is tiny feller, but feeling better, so I'm gonna try the tiny feller. Um after that is a slon. And then Yeah, you need a magic toad. I do need a big magic toad. And then I think it's on to Soros Knights. Yeah, Soros Knights.
0: Yeah, most of that stuff you just mentioned are fun to paint. I did not enjoy the Soros Knight kit. It just looked a little odd for me. Um, so I hope it
1: works for you better than it did for me. I love it in a goofy way. Now, I will say the regular Sorus, like infantry not doing it for me. But, like, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the, uh, like, Soros Knights. I think they look goofy, but in a fun way. But luckily, if you don't like
0: the regular Saurus, uh, 3D printer go burr, go as the burr. kids said. Yeah. Um, if you've got your printers set up, that'll knock out a Saurus guard but uh, regiment pretty quickly. And uh, I've actually seen a couple of really, really good stand-ins online. So you got options. Yeah. There's, there's things I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, How many dinosaurs you got there in the wings waiting to get painted up?
1: Uh, two Star collecting boxes I've built, and I think I'm probably going to end up spending some time today building the other Star collecting box, mm-hmm. which will give me like a skink on troglodon and a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of source knights. So many source knights. Too many source knights. All cav army. No ground walkers. Yeah. I know, like, the meta thing is a block of 40 skinks, but nah, dog, it's all about those Saurus Knights. If you wanted to play 40 skinks, you'd just play Skaven. True.
0: True facts. No one wants to hoard up in the big stompy dinosaur faction. No, thank you. You could keep it. We're only what here for you, big Joe? stompy.
1: What about you, Joe? What have you been doing?
0: Uh. Did some priming and some zenithalling on a couple of projects, Uh, and also been doing some paint scheme testing. I don't know, I've been in a weird spot where I'm not sure what big project I want to dive into right this second, Um, other than Imperial Knights, which I would love to, but, you know, logistics, those aren't in yet. So I'm kind of in this weird interim period that I wanted to take advantage of while I had it. So uh, I've actually been testing out two paint schemes to try to figure out how I want to handle army painting going forward. Uh, and the first thing I worked on was my Sylvaneth, which obviously is like my beloved faction. So I wanted to really take my time on a paint scheme there because my I found that like my painting skill has come so far from when I first started that now I'd look at the original paint scheme and kind of whinge just a little bit. So I want to try something that's a little more vibrant, a little more impressive on the table. So I've been working on a paint scheme, using some Kurnoth Hunters as a stand-in, using contrast paints and a, a sort of zenithal highlight, and putting it on in thin layers with a lighter color from above and a darker color from below. You know, the Squidmar method sort of deal. Yeah. And, uh, they came up pretty nicely, I think. Um... I used a sort of like reddish brown from above and a dark brown from below and it gave them a pretty dramatic effect. Uh, And then when I came in and painted all the vines through like a two or three color workup, uh, those jumped off of the model just because the actual contrast paint gave so much depth. Uh, And altogether, like I'm looking at them from across the room and they still pop pretty darn well. So uh, I'm pretty happy with how that looks. I just got to figure out what colors I want to use to do like a neon magic glow effect for weapons. But, uh, you know, figuring that out as I go.
1: I think a blue is probably going to end up doing you the best, but that's just my opinion.
0: (sighs) I think blue would go well, but blue is what I do for most of my magic glow effects. And I don't know if it would be too far of a color divergence. Or maybe not. I don't know. I could, again, luckily they're test models, so I could try different colors on different uh, ones and see how they look. Uh, and then I dove into Chaos Warriors. Um, I wanted to try to see what I could do with that color scheme. A few months ago, I got the uh, Slaves to Darkness starter box, because I have this narrative in my head that we will talk about on the show at a later date. <laughs> um uh, but, I wanted to try to figure out a paint scheme for that narrative. Uh, and, instead of going with the normal, like, slaves to darkness, black armor, deep, gold deep trim. gold trim. Like, yeah. Y'all know the scheme. You close your eyes if I say the word chaos warrior. And you picture it in your head. Um, that's the scheme that most people go with. I wanted to try to turn it on its head a little. Um, like and They make that scheme that way because... Generally speaking, it's associated with like dark nefarious colors, which is cool. It sells the story right on the box. But I instead wanted to try to take uh, what most people would probably consider like noble colors. Like if you pictured like a, a, how would I say, like an honorable knight in your head. Like the shiny silver armor, the bedecked gold trim... Uh, the le- Like the well-oiled leather, the red cloak, like that. And instead use that on Chaos Warriors. And then in- through tone and the models themselves, make it feel a little discordant in your head when you look at it. That was the goal. So uh, I primed all of them up, hit them all with like metal airbrushing, like a beautiful, beautiful shiny metal. And then... Uh, washed the hell out of it to change the tone of the piece. And I think it looks pretty decent. Um, the only thing is, I don't know, I think I might need to do like magma weapons for them to judge them up just a bit. That makes sense. Like uh orange. Yeah, like an orange to yellow to a white hot sort of transition. And like, I don't know, I know that's probably a bad idea to do on just like every foot troop. But I don't think it's going to be a horde army, so there won't be a ton of them. Um, which should hopefully make it more doable.
1: Also gives you an opportunity to practice that specific technique.
0: Yeah, on the world's tiniest swords. I do Not all of them have swords. Some of them have like maces and stuff, which would be pretty easy. But the swords are very thin. So I might have to airbrush as much of it as I can and then just pull out the paintbrush for the others. And, you know, slowly work through. But I think it could make them pop. Because I'll share the color online later. But I like the way it looks. I just think they're missing something. And I don't know what. But, like, John, have you ever had that happen where you're looking at a model and you're happy with where it's at, but you just feel like you need one or two more steps to push it over the edge?
1: Yes. All the time. Constantly. Mm-hmm. I generally end up going with some sort of dry brush or glaze or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's th- just me. I think for me, the thing is, like, the weapons are silver, and because, a- you know, they're metal, but the armor is also metal, and they just don't look distinct from one another in all the models. So I'd either have to change the blades to, like, copper or bronze, or do a an effect. And the idea of, like, bronze blades when you could have steel blades just makes my brain hurt. So... Definitely going to go with something else. But yeah, uh, it's been a productive hobby time. Even hobbied with the wife a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, however, I realized I need another hobby light. Like two people at the table, there's only one light. You can see where the math goes askew. Um, So I think literally after we get done recording this podcast, I'm going to go look on Amazon for another hobby light and uh, try to get one in. But yeah, fun to hobby as a couple, good time. Don't really did that before, but uh, my wife is on like a hobby binge. Like she is on a tear, trying to keep her momentum going. So uh, anything I could do to sort of hurry that along, I'm all for. And uh, yeah, now my hobby table, like my hobby slate is looking a little more open. So who knows what I'm gonna like bumble into next. I'm yet again in that aimless era, where I don't know what to paint, but I'll find something. Just uh, you know, when Imperial Knights get here, all of that goes away. Yes, it is going to be Knight City. Oh yes, indeed. Much like a cyberpunk, get up, Samurai. We have a city to burn. Um, I'm hoping it gets here Friday, but I don't. With the world as it is, who knows? But. One day they will arrive and then everything else will get cast aside like little toys as I put my big stompy lad on the table. And I can't wait. But uh, hopefully that doesn't add to my hobby mental load. Seth, play the music. All right, John, actual topic time. Um, I guess if we're gonna do this quickly, let's just go over what we would say or define hobby mental load as. When I say the word hobby mental load, what does that bring to your mind?
1: Um, hobby mental load for me is the like average amount of effort or thought that I do to maintain what I feel is an acceptable amount of investment in said game. hmm. Right. So like, lately, for Warhammer, a lot of folks have been pretty upset that it's hard to keep up with Warhammer 40k specifically. Like Age of Sigmar is a little bit easier, but with 40k it's like a new book, new article, new FAQ, new data slate, new codex. Yeah, new balance thing. Yeah, it's it's just constant. There's constantly something new to come out to where it feels like you have to keep up with all of it in order to stay up to date. If you, especially if you have a diverse play group that has, like, most of the factions. Or if you go to tournaments or you do any of these things. Or if you're just one of those people who you can't be into a thing a little bit. You'd be into the thing the whole way. It can be a lot to keep up with. It's a big hobby load. Um, for other folks, it's, I play six or seven games. So I have a large hobby load. Because I have to remember six or seven games constantly at all times, at all wants to be able to rip off rules just without looking at a book, just right off the bat.
0: mm-hmm
1: um, And the other thing that hobby load for me is is how do I balance all of that in my hobby time, right? How do I if I only have like two hours of hobby time a day or an hour of hobby time a day or half an hour of hobby time a day, how do I balance in playing six games? Uh, depending on the game, that's a, that's a tall order. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, if I can only hobby for four hours a week, okay, well, what do I do to to balance this? And that's kind of the, where I'm getting at with hobby mental load. Like there's, there's a, this a large topic with lots of things incorporated to it. And, uh, hopefully we can talk about how to manage it a little bit. What about you, Joe? What's your hobby mental load? Uh, For me, it is certainly
0: trying to keep up with rules and stuff, because that is a thing. I mean, like you said, especially in 40k, there's so much coming out that it is uh, a little overwhelming at times. You know, all the articles that just keep pouring out. Um, I feel like the hype train never stops. We never take a second to breathe. Kind of like Magic the Gathering. Like, it just never, ever ends. And that can be a lot. But also, for me, hobby mental load comes down to, like trying to keep track of all of my projects. Not just like the rules side on the tabletop, but also, you know, if you play multiple games, you've got to paint multiple models. That is unfortunately the nature of the beast. Well, or fortunately, I like painting them. Just sometimes it's a lot. Uh, So for me, I also, for my mental load, I feel uh, sort of like an acute amount of mental pressure depending on how many projects I have in the fire, so to speak. because you have to keep track of all of them, where they're at, what the paint scheme is, has your list changed, uh, how are you basing them all, do you have an event coming up that would require you to paint one before you paint the others, or is it just a random game day that you don't have to paint them, and trying to also balance all of that with inspiration that you have at that moment can be tiring, um and I would definitely throw that into the mix for the conversation. But I think some of the stuff we are gonna talk about here in a few minutes can address all of these issues pretty well. Because I think that's the thing that's important to mention is that if your hobby mental load, and like me or like John involves all these things, um, you really wanna try to tackle it comprehensively if it's feeling like a lot, or you could hurt your own enjoyment.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, one of the biggest reasons people quit the hobby is they feel like, oh, I don't have enough time mm-hmm. or I don't have enough money or I don't have enough yada, yada, yada to do this hobby. But I think that there's many levels to it and it's okay to only have the ability to do like one level of it instead of, you know, all of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, You just have to kind of have your tactics set coming in. And know what your plan of attack is. So that way when you do get your hobby time. If it's limited. You know what you want to do with it. And if you're ha- if you're sort of. Uh, have paralysis analysis from a high hobby load. That could be hard to ask of yourself. And maybe unfair to ask of yourself. So we wanted to kind of. Take a little bit of time to talk about. How we help deal with it. When it gets a little heavy on our own shoulders. So I think. The first thing that came to both of John and I's minds when we were talking about ideas for this. And it, I mean, instantaneously, both of us said it. But it's to take a little break from whatever your main game is. I, I, I cannot tell you how useful this can be. If your, whatever your main hobby squeeze is, if it's feeling like it's too much, just take a little break. Not a huge break, just a little one. You know, if you wrapped up in all the articles, the balance stuff that's coming out, just don't look at them for however long feels right to you. A week, two weeks, a month, whatever. Uh, If it feels like a lot to try to keep up with your local tournament meta, just don't. It's okay. Take a little break. If it's too much to keep painting the same brown scheme that you've painted for 200 models and still aren't done with the army, it's alright.
1: Take a little break. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a thing. It, if you're frustrated because you haven't seen like a book release for an army that you've been playing for the last two years in ninth edition subpart, you're getting frustrated, take a break. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know how else to to say it in different ways, but if at any point this thing is getting frustrating or tiring or aggravating and it's no longer a thing that you feel like you can creatively push through and enjoy, take a break.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know this is like a really simple piece of advice, and I think everyone knows this is an option like deep down internally because, you know, we're all intelligent living human beings. Um, But knowing it's an option and giving yourself permission to take that option are very different. Um, I know for me, when I did my first break, it came with like a load of shame almost like I was a quitter or something, like it, it I don't know where that mental entanglement comes from, but um, like it was just a whole lot, so I knew like uh oh, I'm just gonna take a break, but when I actually went to do it, it was not that easy. uh I had to sort of work through in my own head why it would be okay to do it, and that I could just come back whenever the urge struck me again, so uh. Yeah really this isn't here to tell you something you already know this is to just say if it becomes harder to take a break than you expected that it's okay and you can fully give yourself permission to take one if that's what you want
1: and if it's hard to take a break you probably really needed to take one
0: yeah i certainly know for myself i did like my first time around, when I had felt all, all the weird feelings, I really needed to step away. Like I, I just did, uh, and it turned out for me much better in the long run. So I am glad that I pushed through and went, "Hey, man! Like, it's a little plastic toy game. It's all right. <laughs> like just,
1: it's not your dad. It's okay. <laughs> just go do something else." Like. Your dad never loved you anyway. You can just step away. The shame's Neither irrelevant. You murdered that mailbox. That's why you hit it.
0: Joe. Damn it, John! I murder one mailbox and hurt myself, and you come here to shame me? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I killed my own mailbox on a motorcycle. It was a time at five thirty in the morning. I am fine. Well, I'm hurting, but I'm not. The hurting. mailbox, sure. No, <laughs> no mailbox dead. Although fun, like. This all happens at like 5.30 in the morning. And uh, like I obliterate my mailbox and my own body. Uh, and I get up and sort of like do my systems check to see if I'm broken. And I'm hurting, but I'm not hurt. So I throw the mailbox out of the street and into the grass in front of my house. And I pick my bike up, which is fine. It has crash guards. Um, and I hop on it and puts away. Uh, and I come back. And it's like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, And my wife is in the garage waiting for me. And she looks at me, meets me dead in the eyes on this cold summer morning and goes, I fucking hated that mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! You're welcome! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so now we, we get a new mailbox, which I didn't know she wanted.
1: Hooray amazing uh i hope that helped with your hobby load oh yeah taking a break from warhammer to destroy your mailbox and my body
0: (laughs) who knew impacts at speed hurt um it has definitely forced me to sit down and uh do some hobby because walking hurts (laughs) but yeah i mean uh, If y'all out there hear this and it becomes hard, all I want to say is it's all right. Like, just work through it. It's okay. Get through it at your own pace, however it works for you. If you feel you need to take a break, it is okay to give yourself permission to do so. And if your brain fights back, y'all listen to it. It's all right. Totally fine. You'll come back, whatever the hell you want. You get agency. And then I think the second thing that John and I like to do is uh, we bitched this on the last episode, but we wanted to bring it up again because it's it's worth kind of digging into a little bit because this one can be difficult if you don't know how to implement it. And that is to set up a game rotation with your group if they're all down. Um, and by that, we mean if you currently only are into one game and your whole group only plays one game, maybe get together with them and talk about the possibility, if you all have an interest that's common in another game, to maybe add that in. Because it can bring a absolute breath of fresh air into your playgroup to pick up a new game if everybody's really excited to try it. So, you know, if all of you are right now, you know, knocking it out on... Uh, let's say warhammer 40k because it's the most popular but you've been doing it for so long and you're all in a weird place with it mentally because of the balance or the rules or the hobby side of it or the release schedule or any of the other things that could make you feel a little icky but your whole group really loves sci-fi and grew up with star wars maybe try star wars or if you're all super into comic books and everybody wants to play their favorite comic book hero groups, try Marvel Crisis Protocol. If you all love D&D and the game Hunt Showdown, hunting Monsters, it, play Malifaux. Like, you you will have a good time. Or play Silver Bullet. or Yeah, Silver Bayonet. Like, there are other games out there that if your whole group is into, you could gently try... Uh, and it could help you to really, like, get a new second wind and get back in the fight, so to speak. This has been yeah. really good for John and I in particular.
1: And, like, you can even go slightly outside of the wargaming sphere. Because, like, wargaming has a lot of roots in, like, D&D and stuff. hmm Maybe play a and d game with your whole playgroup for a few months. Like, make a shorter session game. Maybe play one of the Warhammer tabletop RPGs. Maybe play something like Zweihander, which is a Warhammer fantasy, like, dark fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I mean, play like... A, like... That allows you to flex story stuff and not have to worry about, a, you know, adopting more hobby. And it gives you a chance to, like, take some of the hobby load off. but yeah. it's still engaging with that side of the hobby. Well, and in terms of sessions, like... Right
0: now, it takes, it's again, I'm just going to use 40k because it's the most popular game. Um, it, how long does it take to play a 9th edition 40k game now? Like, last one for me was like three hours, three and a half hours. It's about two, two to three hours, roughly. Three hours is like my average D&D session now as well. Like, <laughs> you you don't even have to do a lot more time to that one. A three hour session of D&D, like once a week, is a pretty good time. Um, and if everyone's on board, you wouldn't even have to necessarily change your schedules. Which can make it a little easier. Now, I know immediately, like, there are some concerns that can come to mind, so we just want to address the big ones. Uh, and the first is that it could take time away from your main game. And I think, largely speaking, that's true. Like, I, I, that's just entirely true. Um, You know, if everybody has a set amount of time per week, as I imagine most of us do, and that time is finite, well, if you use it for something else, it will take time away from the main game. That's, yeah, yeah, but I would say that if the hobby load is feeling like a lot for the main game and the time you're putting into it isn't as enjoyable as it once was, then I would say you are already essentially taking time away from the main game as is. Like, you're getting less fun for your time already. You might as well just try something new to get that fun back. And then second is the idea of hobby time. That playing another game will take time and effort to learn rules to build models to paint models and that's you know that's true like we mentioned earlier tabletop war games require minis they got to be built somehow and most of these games you want to paint your models so you know you've got to sit down to paint them but depending on your game it might not be nearly as much work as you're used to um
1: yeah, I think that, like, painting some Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures is probably going to take a lot less time than painting an entire Skaven army. Oh, God, it's not even close. It's not even close. Um, I'll use an example. So
0: I have been playing Warhammer as my primary game for a while, 40k AOS. And obviously, those are big model count games. Big model count games. Uh, I painted, like, I have a bunch of Spike gets in my closet. Like, to say I understand what it's like to play a Horde army is an understatement. I mean, just like teeming, teeming tides of models. Like, 200 models, not uncommon. Um, and that sort of subconsciously changed how I felt about hobbying. And when I went to play Star Wars Legion, I was like, well, you know, I really don't know if I'm going to have the time to paint this. Like, God, it takes so long to paint army. And then I blinked. And I had painted two full squads in no time. In the blink of an eye. Because the squads are smaller. Like a base squad of clones is four guys. Four. Base squad and Warhammer is 20. Like, I in the same amount of work, I just got so much more quote unquote like army for my time. So it felt like a second wind like I painted them up and went oh my god, that was fast. Well, I still got tons of motivation in the tank Let's grab something else And depending on the game you pick That could be even more intense of a feeling um, you know, obviously games come in different sizes But if you pick like at the smallest point like a skirmish game where you have like five models on the table if you're used to knocking out full-sized armies to paint five models it will be no time, just absolutely no time. Um, you're, you'll knock it out in a breeze, and then you're ready to hit the table. And given that your group is the one choosing what game to
1: rotate into, y'all get to choose. And like something else is whenever I go to paint, because I paint like scaven, guard, like I paint a lot of like hordes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's speed painting. A lot of it's like okay, same four colors. Let's go, bam. All right, base level done. Now I'm going to take a bunch of time on this character and spend, like, forever on this character getting it done. Like, that's how you paint horde armies for this part. Yeah, that's exactly how I paint mine. If you take something like Kill Team, right, where you got, like, okay, I got a squad of ten dudes for the whole army. Air quotes, army. All right, well, you can take each of those dudes and tell an entire story with each of them with how you paint them. Oh, yeah. You can take your time. So you can even invest as much time as you were in that horde army if you wanted to. But make a much better, more thought out model each time. Which is a different kind of flavor of hobby. Which can help with the hobby mental load because you're giving yourself... it's It's like eating at a different restaurant if you eat at Arby's every Thursday. Yeah, I mean,
0: your foot's on the accelerator in this case. You get to choose how fast or how slow you cruise on through this vacation um you know if you just want to knock something out quickly great have at it throw three colors on it call it a day boom or if you want to make each one the most laborious tournament worthy paint job well five models is a lot less to ask of yourself than a hundred so have at it and i think generally That can be uh, a really relieving feeling once you dive into it with a group. Um, And then, I don't know, how would I say this? Then the next thing I guess I would say is like, if the above things worry you, because you think, oh, well, it might replace the main game. I would recommend you talk to your group and you set up a sort of schedule or timetable so that you can still do both if you want. Uh, but you have set times where you're going to do it, you know, maybe you schedule it out by month or by week or whatever works for you. But if you want to be able to do both in tandem, uh, you can, you could work out a schedule so that you could have your cake and eat it
1: too. Yeah. And like, even if you're like, okay, well for this next, like this summer, like three months, boom, we aren't going to play Warhammer. We're just going to play Marvel crisis protocol okay cool uh and then you come back to it and you're like oh man i really like that i want to play that more but i still want to play warhammer i miss playing warhammer schedule it on every other week um Mm -hmm. i found with me specifically when i took a break from warhammer i came back with a different view of like the keeping up with the rat race aspect of the game namely i just don't do it like a lot of the new stuff, like, oh, yeah, the new season of Warhammer 40k, new codex. like I don't know what most of it does. Um, I kind of just play the missions that I want to play with my buds, and we just have a good time. I don't play at a shop all the time, and I was just very honest with myself about those expectations when I came back. was that, like, I'm playing this game to have fun if having to keep up with it for, like, five hours a week to, in order to be able to know what the rules are is ruining that fun. I'm just not going to engage with it that way anymore. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it is a hobby.
0: And if it's not fun anymore, well, does it sound like you're getting what you wanted out of a hobby.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it takes, like, walking away to kind of see what you liked and what you didn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Gives you a new uh, perspective. Talked about that on the Hobby Blinders episode. Uh, if you're interested,
1: go listen to that. So, like, Maybe try out that Marvel Crisis Protocol. Maybe try out that Star Wars Legion. I know we're going to be doing that for probably both.
0: I don't know. I, I, Marv, I haven't played Marvel Crisis Protocol. I know, like, very little. But it took over my game store. I mean, absolutely took it over by storm. So
1: there's got to be something to it. Uh, Well, my roommates want to play it. So uh, I'm going to be trying it. Yeah,
0: you're stuck. Um, but it'd be a good chance to paint just a couple of models and with a predetermined paint scheme, which is, could be an interesting feeling.
1: Also, uh, X-Force.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then I think the last bit of advice I would give is if you're feeling a lot of hobby mental load, because everything you're doing is towards this game and this army, and maybe you have an event coming up that you're trying to paint for. And it's all just feeling like a little too much. And it's a little almost suffocating. Uh, but you don't want to step away from hobbying altogether. Maybe. While you're taking your little breaky break. Paint a project. That is. Well, I won't even necessarily pay paint. But work on a hobby project. That has no reason to exist. Other than to just be fun. Not for an army, not for a game, just for fun. Could be a model of a character that you really like from a comic book or a show or a movie that you want to paint. It could be a,
1: it could be a terrain
0: piece for a board. Hmm. Could be a diorama for uh sort of like a scene in your head that seems really cool. Uh, could be a bust. To just flex your paint skills in general on faces and skin tones and stuff. uh, Could be anything at all that's not connected to a game. uh, That you're doing simply for the love of doing it. Without any other tethers or weights on it. And I have found, like we call these palette cleanser projects. But I have found that these could be incredibly
1: useful. When you're trying to sort of pull your head out of miasma. And generally for palette cleanser projects, I try to keep them into something I can reasonably get done within a day. Like I will often 3D print a miniature that I'm like, okay, this is going to be the thing that I'm just going to paint one day. And I'm going to go, ah, I feel much better. I'm going to get it done in like two, three hours. Done. Yeah,
0: I think, well, it can be a big complicated thing if you want it to be. But generally I like them to be short and sweet. So that little Quick get... wins, as we like to call them. It. Yeah, it's a quick win. You don't get bogged down in it like you might if you did a huge project. Because if you have a high hobby load, you might just already feel bogged down in projects. And for me, I don't want to add another big one on top of it. Instead, I want to throw something on it quick that I'm excited about that I can do pretty fast. And then, woo, look at what I did with just a couple of sessions. And I have found that can... I don't know, it could help reinvigorate you or at least help you pull out of the malaise so that you can make, you know, informed decisions on other stuff. And y'all, <clears throat> this is just the stuff we could come up with. If you're feeling a high hobby mental load and it just feels heavy, there are wi- probably hundreds of other tactics you could take in trying to deal with it.
1: And like go to a Chinese buffet. That does it help always me makes f- me. It always makes me feel better.
0: It helps me eat my feelings. And if people out there are hearing this and they've got some other stuff that you're sitting there like, oh, you dub-dubs, you've missed this obvious one. We did. But we'd love if you'd uh, reach out to us on social media to send that to us because we might just do a follow-up episode if people send us enough good ideas. Uh, we certainly cannot think of all of them, so we'd appreciate your help. And if while you're sending us a, a message on social media you wanted to go a little above and beyond for the podcast, maybe share this to your friends. If you're feeling like the uh, the vibe in the group is feeling a little down and out, it could help start a conversation to maybe start pulling you towards a better direction for yourselves. And if you want to do even more, uh, leave it a review. We appreciate that and it always helps. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be brewing up other topic ideas as we come out of our own. Uh, you know, heavy hobby load times. Uh, but for now, that's all of our opinions. Bonafide and Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Yeah.